Welcome to Coffee Talk with Linda Davis. I'm Linda Davis. Before we dive into God's Word today, just a little about myself. I love Jesus. I love coffee. And I love sharing keys to abundant living. So, go grab a cup of coffee and join me today as I talk about those sweet little lies we believe. Lies other people tell us lies we tell ourselves, and the lies that Satan has convinced us are truth. Let's establish what a lie is before we dig into this. A lie is to make an untrue statement, believe an untrue statement, with intent to deceive. A lie is something that is false or misleading. It may appear as the truth, but it's not the truth. A lie is an untruth. So what do we decide is truth? Because we can almost say, if there's that belief system that we can now make our own truth, you can believe whatever you, your truth is your truth, my truth is my truth, you believe what you want to believe, then nothing is a lie. And that in itself is a lie. So what do we use as our foundation, as our measuring rod for the truth? Well, it has to be the Word of God. It has to be. That's the one remaining truth. That's the unchanging truth. And actually, it's the definition of who God is. God is truth. Truth is not something It's not something that you can say, well, something is true if it is true for me. It's true to me. It doesn't have to be your truth. It's just my truth. Not if you're a Christian. I'm saying if you call yourself a Christian, truth is truth regardless of how you feel, regardless of your perspective and experiences, right? Our truth must be measured against God and his word. Proverbs 12, 22 tells us, God loves truth and he hates falsehood. And also, we know it says it in Nehemiah and it says it in Titus. God cannot lie. He cannot tell a lie. He is not a man that he would lie. He is the definition of truth. God himself is truth. So now let's bounce back to the lie portion. Lies come from three different places. That three different roots. And we need to be able to recognize lies. And we need to recognize the voice of the liar, the voice of the accuser, Satan himself. But we also need to recognize when we are lying to ourselves. And we need to recognize when others are lying to us. Those are really the three areas. Satan is a liar. He is the king of liars, so to speak. And then ourselves, we do a pretty good job of lying to ourselves, whether it's from things we've heard in the past or even sometimes, you know, Satan will just drop a mistruth, a a, a glimmer of doubt in our mind. And we are running off. We are building the lie in our own mind and we cripple ourselves in doing so. Because we're not standing in God's truth, we can't stand on his promises, we can't stand in his purpose, and we can't go forth in his power. 
And then there's actual voices of loved ones, loved ones that we thought knew the truth, but were speaking lies to us. A lot of that in childhood. A lot of that is because we were too young to realize that they didn't know the truth. As children, a lot of us were given a foundation of lies, just slighted words, one word, one moment by someone that should have only spoke the truth to us because we looked at them as children. You look at the adults in your life as the all-knowing truth. So when someone in that role and that authority in our life speaks a lie to us, mostly by name-calling, mostly by labeling, in frustration probably as parenting mostly, you're a liar, you're a sneak, you're not strong enough, you know, whatever those things are, those get tucked away in the hearts of children as truth. And then we've grown up and we're adults now, and those voices come back and speak to us in our mind when we try to overcome something. You're not strong enough. You can't do that. You always fail. You never follow through. These are just things rolling off my mind. Stuff like that. You can't do it. And the voices of loved ones also, as adults, that we thought were on our side, but honestly, they weren't. And they've spoken lies to misdirect us, maybe. Even maybe trying to pour us in one direction that would maybe fulfill their purpose, not our purpose. And so it's a lie we followed and believed that got us off course. Whatever it is, there's lies that we have believed. Sometimes you like being told a lie because it's what you want to hear. That's where I kind of, the title of this podcast today, Sweet Little Lies, is because sometimes they are sweet to us. They are lies that are told to us to ease our guilt, ease our shame, ease our regret. See, lies can either ease those things or they can increase them. Lies can also increase our shame, increase our regret, increase our guilt. And so sometimes we like to hear a lie. We'll embrace it even if we kind of know in the beginning, oh, you know, right? That's probably not true, but that's what I want to hear because it's what I want to be. It's what I want to do. It's how I want to act. So we're going to believe that sweet little lie. When I was pulling this podcast together and doing my notes, that song came to me. It's it's an old song, and I think um, I think it's Fleetwood Mac that sings it. But it's you know in there there's a, a chorus or a verse or a few lines, whatever the term is, you know. And it's like, tell me lies, tell me lies, tell me sweet little lies, and it's what she wants to hear. Right, I'd rather you tell me sweet little lies than tell me the truth that I know is going to hurt me. And sometimes we function like that as Christians. We'd rather have the lie so we can remain in comfort. We don't like to be in discomfort. We don't like to be uncomfortable. But we are never going to grow in the Lord. We are never going to be anchored in the Lord and anchored in freedom when we hold on to lies. We have to, one by one, hand our lies over to God and ask him to replace them with the truth. 
One thing a lie is not, it is not simply something you don't agree with. That's another angle, I guess. Well, I don't agree with that, so that's, that's a lie. That's a lie. No, I don't agree with that. that that's wrong. Like, no. <laughs> it doesn't matter if you agree with it or not. If it's found in the Word of God, then it is not a lie. It is a truth. And you can't determine that it's a lie because it doesn't line up with how you want to uh, continue on your path. So we have to understand and know what is God's truth and let that um, stretch us, um, purify us, put us through the fire. We have to burn off the lies and be built up in truth. A lie is something that goes against the word of God. It goes against who God says we are. It goes against what God says we are capable of. If God's calling, if God's unctioning you to do something, and your first thought is, oh no, I can't do that. I'm not able to do that. There's no way I can do that. I can't see how that would ever happen. That's your initial reaction of defense, and you're telling yourself lies. And even sometimes when God's calling you to something, and when you know that you know that God is directing your steps, you can even share it with other people who will say, oh, I don't think you should do that. This is other voices coming in as lies. That's why we have to know and recognize the voice of God and know the truth. And there's ways for us to do that. Lies we believe can lead to unwarranted shame. It can lead to regret. An example, if God's calling and unctioning us and we believe the lie of ourselves or others or Satan that we cannot possibly accomplish what God has called us to accomplish, whatever lies it might be, you, you know, you're not, you're not connected enough. You're not old enough. You're not young enough. You're too old. You're too young um, you're a woman, you're a man, whatever the things are that come in, you're not educated enough, you're, you don't have the right look, all these just taunting lies that if we believe them will lead down the road to regret because we won't step out in what God wanted us to just trust in him and have faith in him and step out and watch him equip us. The if onlys, those are a big lie. Hindsight is 2020. We've all heard that saying. So we look back on things and we're like, if only, if only, if only. Well, that's a lie. Now you have better vision. So now we look back, if only, and then we hesitate to do the next thing. That if only will lie to us and torment us, trying to keep us bogged down in the past instead of going forth in the future. This is what Isaiah 43 talks about. This is why we're told in verse 18 of Isaiah 43, do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. And God can't do a new thing in our life if we're laying on the foundation of an old lie. It can't be done. And that's why he's telling us, let it go. Just trust, I can do amazing things if you'll let go of that lie and you'll embrace me as the truth. It'll spring forth now. It will. Shall you not know it? I can make a road in the wilderness. That's the truth. The lie is, oh, look at that wilderness. There's no way I can get through there. God's like, I'll make a road. Just I'll pot the Red Sea. 
You know, whatever God wants, we can't box him in. Whatever he wants to do, he's going to do. We just have to simply trust and have faith that he will do what he said he's going to do. I can make rivers in the desert. I can make the desert out of a river. Whatever it takes, God can do it. He's never, ever calling us out to step out to set us up for failure. That's a lie in itself. Let's not remember the former things. Even consider. Don't even consider it, the verse says. Don't even give it a second glance or thought. That keeps you in the if onlys. That keeps you in a place of regret that cannot go forward in truth. We have to exchange these lies for the truth. Staying in the past, staying in regret, Staying in shame, that's, that's turning on yourself, basically. That's like you're punishing yourself for the lies that you believed, the lies that others spoke to you that you would naturally believe, and the lies that Satan has tormented you with. Take each tormenting thought and bring it to God and ask him, to replace it with his truth. For every lie that you have believed, for every lie that I have believed, there is a truth that God has to say about it. Truth is vital. It's what brings freedom. Then you shall know the truth in John 8, and the truth will set you free. It's You can be as disciplined as you want. The truth is what sets you free. Discipline does not set you free. The truth sets you free. Knowing who you are, knowing whose you are, knowing what you are, knowing how powerful you are in Christ, all of that sets you free. There's no condemnation for those that are in Christ. None whatsoever. That's freeing. We can't let others condemn us, and we have to stop condemning ourselves, but we also have to abide by the word of God. In Psalm 25, verse 5, David cries out, Lead me in your truth and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. On you I wait all the day. Actually, let's go back to the verse before that. The verse before that in 4, he says, Show me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. He will teach us truth. We simply just have to ask. And we have the Holy Spirit now. David didn't even have the Holy Spirit then, if you, which is wild for his revelation. But we have been sent the Holy Spirit as our teacher. We can be that much more powerful in the Holy Spirit. Lead me in your truth and teach me. This is how I feel about this situation, Lord. This is what I believe about you asking me to do that. Show me your truth. Show me the truth of my thoughts. Show me the truth of the situation. Show me the truth of the purpose. Lead me in your truth and teach me. And I, I don't want to, I don't want to miss that at the end of that verse, he says, on you, I wait all the day. Slow down a little bit and wait if you have to. You can't give it five minutes and then be frustrated and be like, well, no, God's not going to show me. God's just not going to teach me, I guess. I guess I'm just not going to know and <laughs> be all frustrated. Wait. Ask him to show you. Ask him to teach you and wait on him to lead and guide you. And he will. He will never fail you. I want to encourage you one by one to lay your lies before him and invite 
the Holy Spirit, the teacher, to teach you the truth. There are some great teachers, amazing teachers, revelatory teachers in many different areas of the Word of God. Many of them out there. But the Holy Spirit is the one we should go to first to be our teacher. Why? The Holy Spirit is never off course. Why? Because he does not speak on his own authority and for his own purposes. He seeks the will of the Father and he prays and contends the will of the Father and then he brings it down to us and reveals it to us. And if we're relying on the Holy Spirit and his truth, we will never be misguided and we will never misstep. And that's powerful. Lies, sweet little lies, are always attacking our identity. That's what the devil is after. You can look around today and you can see it in the world. Our identity is being attacked, right? It's so like, here's an example, not to get too much off course, but you know, if you were born a woman and God made you a woman, that's your identity. And now lies come in from wherever and they tell you, oh, I think I'm a man. So now you're going to, you're believing a lie and you're going to alter what God created you originally to be. And then, and I've seen it on different social media sites that that's their defense of say transgender people is, well, God loves the transgender person. God made the transgender person. God knew the transgender person before they even, before he even put him in his mother's womb. And yes, he did. He knew them as the person he created them to be. And now they are coming against that, going against that and changing that. They have believed a lie that is going to significantly alter their destiny. And that's just a big example that's out there today of the attack on our identity of who God created us to be, who God designed us to be, each and every single one of us. When he placed us in our mother's womb, he placed us there with purpose. He placed us there with gifts and talents and personality traits that he wanted to glean from to reach the nations, reach people for his kingdom, for salvation. And we've come in and we've believed lies about ourselves that have altered that very creation that God intended. And so now we have to dig as adults back to that place of when God created us in our mother's womb and embrace the truth of what was my purpose? What, what, did, you, what did you call me to be? What, what are you empowering me for? What are you equipping me for? What are you enabling me for? What's the truth of that? Holy Spirit, show me. And I don't want you to miss this. Before Jesus proclaimed in John chapter 8, he proclaimed, right, that the, then you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. Well, before that, in John chapter 8, his identity and purpose were attacked. Going to the very beginning of chapter 8, well, not quite the very beginning, actually go a little further into like verse 13. The Pharisees therefore said to him, to Jesus, now he had, he was doing stuff they didn't like, right? <laughs> but you bear witness of yourself and your witness is not true. So they're basically telling him what you believe about yourself is a lie and you're lying to us. 
But Jesus doesn't. He remain. He does not believe their lie. He does not believe their untruth that they are trying to get him to believe. They're they're trying to steal his identity from him. And he's like, no. Even if I bear witness of myself, my witness is true. Why? For I know where I came from and where I am going. I know the truth. I'm adding that. That's ad libbing. You do not know where I come from and where I am going. And this is what we should be telling the enemy when he's lying to us. You don't know where I come from. You don't know where I'm going, Satan. Get behind me. No, I know. I know where I come from and I know where I'm going. And I am in Christ and I remain in Christ. Back to Jesus speaking in John chapter 18, verse 15. You judge according to the flesh. I judge no one. And yet if I do judge, my judgment is true. For I am not alone. I am with the Father who sent me. And it is also written in your law that the testimony of two men is true. And I am one who bears witness of myself and the father who sent me bears witness of me. So now, of course, they're like, well, where's your father? Who's your father? You know, and, and he's like, you, 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 don't, you don't know either of us. If you'd known me, you would have known the father. So all that takes place. And they're trying to get him to not believe his identity. They're challenging him. They're challenging his claim of who he was, that he was the son of God, that he was the Messiah, right? They were calling him a liar and they were trying to get him to doubt himself for a moment, but he doesn't. He knows the truth and he speaks the truth back to them and he's, that he's not acting alone. And we can never act alone. When accusations come against our identity, we cannot act alone. We have to be anchored in God and the truth of his word. And that's how we fight. That's how Jesus always fought. Anchored in the Father, in the truth of the Father's word. Always that's how he fought. Then you jump down to verse 31 about the truth making us free. And this is a point we can't miss either. If, 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 if. You abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. If you abide in my word, we have to abide in the word of God. We have to know the truth by abiding in the word of God. This is what brings freedom, and this is how we know the truth, through his word, through abiding, remaining, dwelling in his word and in the word, which is him. Jesus never wavered because he knew the truth of who he was, the truth of his identity, and the truth of his purpose. And when our identity can rest in who we are in Christ, which is established by what? Abiding in his word. Then we will no longer believe lies. We will no longer look and, and desire and crave man's approval man's affirmation. We won't even need it because we'll know the truth of what God says about us. We'll no longer believe the lies of Satan, the lies of others, and even the lies we tell ourselves. They won't have any impact on us any longer. They won't hinder us any longer. Being anchored, abiding, and remaining in Christ, the Word, and in His Word, equips us with the freedom to be all we were created for. It equips us for fulfillment of purpose. It sets us on the path we were intended to be on. What do we do? We just call out for it. We call out for his truth. 
And remember, Holy Spirit, the teacher, is just waiting to show us the truth. Jesus said about him in John 16, verse 13, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, like I said a few moments ago, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you the truth, things to come, things you need to know, revelation you don't have. He is the spirit of truth and he guides us into all truth and he is our teacher, the Holy Spirit. We simply have to ask. We simply have to call out for his truth and he will answer. Jesus is near to all who call upon him in truth. And by that, I mean, we just, we, and that's scripture, but we just, we don't call out to him because we want to hear the truth we want to hear. We call out to him to know truth because we're coming from a place of calling upon him in truth. I want to know the truth. I don't want to know my truth. I want to know your truth, Holy Spirit. I want to know your truth, Jesus. I want to know your truth, God. We can trust the truth of God. It won't abandon us. It won't use us. It won't reject us. It won't ridicule us. It won't set us up for and wait on our failure. That is not God and that is not his truth. The truth of God will empower. It will equip. It will strengthen. It will sustain. It will enable. And it will send us out in purpose. I want to close with this. This is Psalm 145, verse 18. And it tells us, The Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. And His truth endures to all generations. Amen.